so you guys have are developing and have developed a bunch of courses. Do you want to talk about some of those courses and who they're for? Sure, sure. Uh, some of these are still in development. We've got a, a, a course on corporate vision that we call Align and Execute that's uh, ready to go. We, we haven't marketed it yet, but we intend to shortly. So uh, we, again, feel that it's so important, uh, large business or small, that the, the person that's the owner, the CEO, the entrepreneur has the great and compelling vision. Uh, and so we, we have a course that is over six segments that help a CEO walk through how to do that. One of the things we've learned is that CEOs often want to see visioning as a check off the box event. Uh, we believe that that's wrong, but it should be the, a part of a, a great process. And uh, it's challenging, especially if you're already up and running and you think, well, I have a vision. Uh, why do I need to do this? Or uh, I don't know that I really need a vision. So um, why would I take the time? And so we, our first segment, if you will, says, hey, let's talk about why this is so important and how you can find the time to do it, because we acknowledge that you're probably already way busy would be ideal if everybody had a great vision before they launched their business and started with that foundation in place. We find that generally doesn't happen. They're already up and running and uh, we need to challenge their vision, help them make it more compelling and, and help them realize what a, an, a great piece of, of running a great company, having a great vision is. And we'll, we have great case studies of uh, Bill Kelleher at, uh, uh, Herb Kelleher, excuse me, Herb Kelleher with Southwest Airlines, with uh, uh, Walmart and some others where that uh, Sam Walton created this great vision for his organization and then was a great evangelist for it. So that's one course. Uh, another course we have is on financial management, where uh, the first piece of this is demystifying your financial statements. What we find with most small business CEOs and owners is they are not CPAs, they're not accountants. Uh, for them, bookkeeping and accounting is a necessary evil. Uh, therefore, they are at risk of either having poor financials or, uh, heaven forbid, having a, a, a bookkeeper, somebody take advantage of them and even abscond with the funds. There's all kinds of risks that are involved if you don't do it right. And so we have that basic demystifying course that builds into some deeper levels of thought where uh, a CEO can then say, okay, I know the right questions to ask those who pair my books. I, I know uh, where we're going. I understand industry comparatives. Uh, this strengthens their ability to be a great financial leader of their organization. So that's the second one. The third one that is in, in underway and uh, not completed yet is on our recruitment process. But our intention is to build courses in all levels of that business except pyramid. Uh, we certainly will bring our own expertise to the table, but we will also draw on our, our what I've called earlier in the interview today, faculty members, those who uh, bring expertise beyond our own so that we can strengthen these courses and make them available to, to those who would like to, to learn from them. No, I, I think that's really great. I'm curious though, I, I like it's maybe maybe this is a stupid question, but because I think everybody can learn something and there's always something to improve personally, professionally, etc. But is there like some 
telltale signs that a company really needs to reach out to somebody like yourself? Or is it kind of everybody could benefit? Or when should somebody reach out to a coach like yourself? Well, you, you might not be too surprised that I would say, I think all of us need coaches, people that will uh, give us additional perspectives and help us grow in, in whatever role we're playing in life. I, I believe in that very strongly. I've certainly been a beneficiary of some great coaching and continue to be. So generally, I think, yes, it fits everyone. However, uh, what I have learned is that those who resonate with what we do at CEO Builder are lifelong learners. They, they don't feel like they've ever arrived. And so they're, they're not put off or challenged by uh, new questions. In fact, they, they expect it, they want it. And, and uh, they're, they're always looking to uh, improve that Kaizen concept again of continuous improvement. Uh, if, if they come to what we do without that, uh, they, they're not going to be part of our, our long-lived uh, clients, the, the 11-year-plus people that we've worked with over the years. Um, you, you have to have kind of that seed of, I want to always learn. It's interesting, though, uh, when I say that, that probably 80% of our clients over the years are not what I would consider to be readers. Now, some of them will listen to uh, audio books, uh, you know, uh, they, they may have a, a book on their phone, uh, Kindle or whatever, uh, but they generally, if they have one thing they're listening to or one thing they're reading, that's about it. Uh, part of the allure of CEO Builder for them is that both my business partner and I generally will read four or five business books a month. Um, that is uh, challenging to say the least, but uh, I will also be honest, I love to read and study. And so as a result of that, I try to stay on the bleeding edge, if you will, of what literature is out there in, in the business area, the Harvard Business Review, uh, multiple books. I can share several of them with you that I'm reading right now. Um, these allow me to improve the nature of my questioning and my help for these, these folks. And they begin to rely on me as kind of their filter, if you will, of the things that they ought to be thinking about. And, and even some of them will, will read some of these. So one of the advantages uh, that I think draws people to, to our organization is that they know that this is dynamic. We're, we're not resting on our laurels. This isn't Rich Tyson saying, I learned something at the Harvard Business School in 1976 that uh, is exactly applicable today. Some of those core principles may be, but by and large, you've got to keep learning. And so our best clients are lifelong learners. But in saying that, I don't want to imply that they have to be reading four or five books a month. That's, that's critical to us as we are looking to grow our organization, build more coaches in. One of the first questions I ask of a candidate to be a coach, work with us, is what are you reading right now? What did you learn for it, from it? How can you help me? Should I be reading that book if I haven't already? Uh, you know, coach me on what I need to know. And, uh, you know, that, that's a pretty sobering question for someone who does not enjoy learning and, and isn't constantly doing that. Interesting. The one thing 
and I, I kind of want your thoughts on this and you could correct me if I'm wrong is I've worked for people before CEOs that they're lifelong learners. They love learning. They're constantly reading books. And the one downside that I've seen some of them do not all is today they read something and it has to be implemented and they're, they're full bore towards that new concept or idea. And then tomorrow or in a week or two, they read something that's different and it's stop what we were doing for the last week. Now let's, I read something new. It's full bore on this new idea. And they, they end up just like chasing their tail because they're always reading new ideas and trying to hit this moving target with, with before even try really trying out one new idea that may or may not work. How do you work with CEOs to, to basically not do that? Because I think that can make your employees disengage and, and potentially move on if it's always this mad scramble and there's never really a focus and direction of a company. That is a great question. And I'm so glad you asked. Uh, I call it flavor of the month syndrome. Yeah. And uh, it's, it is real. And, and what we try to do with that is be encouraging that they read and study and learn. But we also ask for the permission to challenge them on how they're going to use what they're learning. Uh, sometimes the answer to that may be, hey, this is good enough that you want to start working on that right now. Uh, to give you an example, uh, I think it's uh, Michael Callowitz's book, Profit First. Uh, that is uh, a concept of setting aside some money in an account that you're not going to touch so you build a buffer against a, a, a tough day or, or even a, a bonus system for you in your company. Everybody ought to probably do that right away. I, I wouldn't hesitate to have anybody go ahead and do that. On the other hand, there are a whole variety of concepts that the very best thing I could suggest is let's think about where that fits and see in what context and when you might consider doing something about I had a meeting earlier this morning where I was being uh, encouraged to do something that I said, look, uh, for me, well, I'm, I'm kind of in the client mode. I like what you're suggesting, but it doesn't fit right now. Let's put it on the back burner until August or September of the year. We'll take another look at it, but let's not get ourselves off track by pursuing something before it, it's merited. And so one of the reasons you want to have a business coach, a mentor, somebody to work with you is to challenge you on those things before you immediately go rushing off to them. And, and I, I see it, Kevin, all the time. It, it, uh, the flavor of the month thing is there. Lifelong learners are susceptible to it. But at the same time, if you have somebody to ask you good questions, to help you decide where it fits, to customize your thinking again so that it's the learning you need right now, as opposed to, well, this is just another great thing to do. Uh, I got to check off all the boxes of what I ought to be doing. Everything should be open to reasonable questioning. I, I'm not talking about, you know, just bagging on your ideas, but rather to say, okay, if you did this now, it takes you off something else, does it not? Is this really something you want to do? Is this part of your your core cause in, in your business, or is this a tangent? 
And those are legitimate, deliberative questions that ought to be asked. Uh, you know, we, we meet in our core model with every CEO for a couple of hours every month. And I keep a running uh, a record, if you will, written record of what we've talked about. I take copious notes when I'm with them so that I can say, okay, well, we were talking about this a month ago. You read the book, you decided to do this. Tell me more, how does that fit with what you're doing? And so I, I think the combination of continuous learning with the coaching is, is the best and, and most valuable model that uh, any CEO, any, any entrepreneur could have. No, I 100% agree with you. It's nice to have somebody to be accountable because I, I think, especially as a CEO, when you're at the top, sometimes it can be kind of lonely, right? And sometimes depending on who's, who's under you, they may or may not feel comfortable enough to tell you what they really think, right? And I think adopting a culture where somebody that just started day one or somebody that's been with you years or decades can give you their honest opinion and you can have a conversation about whether they want you want to change things or not, I think is really, really important. And I, and I think it's really scary being a leader to openly admit that like you can be wrong or you should be challenged. Or like, if you see something that we could do better, like bring it to my attention. A lot of employees don't feel comfortable bringing that up to leadership and or the CEO, right? Right. In fact, again, you hit on a key point that we work on all the time with our CEOs. I don't care whether you're a mom and pop organization and it's just you and your wife, or if you have a company with hundreds of employees. If you are the boss, if you're the CEO, what you say, even if you say it softly, resonates most loudly. And so it becomes so critical that you manage the process of how you build the strategic content of your organization. Uh, yes, your ideas are absolutely essential, no question about it. But if you always present first, even in a soft voice, uh, generally speaking, probably 90% of the time or more, everybody will agree with you because you're the boss. And then you don't get the best ideas from everyone else. So the process of how you work on decisions and strategies become so essential that you start with your own questions of your people that, hey, we've been doing business this way. What do you see that we could do better? Or uh, I've read something recently, but before I share anything with you, I would like to know what you think about thus and so, or perhaps even I, I need you to read this book yourselves and then give me your feelings on how it fits within our context. It takes some real effort to rein yourself in and not to tell everybody the way it's going to be. And then so often what I see when that happens is then you blame others when you say, well, they just don't give me their best ideas. They don't take ownership for what we're doing. Unfortunately, too often the answer is you didn't give them ownership. Your process puts your ideas out first and they're going to go with that. You know, you're lost. So you've got to back off and, and try to manage yourself, try to become more of a coach, a more of a facilitator within the context of your own organization. If you want the best ideas of people that work for you, you've got to empower them to give it. And if, if you don't do that, 
they're going to, uh, I was going to use the word stonewall. I think uh, that's too heavy, but they, they won't tell you. No, I, I think that's actually really good advice. We're, we're kind of coming to the end of the show, but is there any other advice that you would give to a CEO or leadership that, that you see maybe all the time that you either would wish they would do more of or stop doing? It's, it's not really helping them? Well, it's kind of embedded in everything we talked about, Kevin. I, I believe that uh, you need to have a trusted source of, of coaching, counseling, questioning, helping you. Uh, trust is, is hard one. It, it takes a while. Every new client that we get, we work very hard on the front end to build that trust, to, to let them know that we are really in your court. We want to backstop you. We want to help you. We want to understand what your needs are. And uh, again, those that are most current, most hot, keeping you up at night, making you feel lonely at the top, let's identify them and let's go to work on them. Uh, we realize that, you know, even with all the years of business and Harvard MBAs and all the rest, uh, none of that buys anything unless we can build a relationship of, of trust. I think that's also a good model for CEOs with their people. Um, I've been a turnaround CEO several times in my career, uh, things that I didn't uh, share with you in the resume. Uh, when I came in, rather than be the kind of know-it-all Harvard MBA, I've got all the answers. What I did was I spent a good month talking to every person in the organization and getting acquainted, building trust, and then saying, okay, uh, I, I can come in here with a, a whole list of answers. I, I've looked at the financials, this company's in trouble. But I, I didn't come with any answers to begin with. I, I have questions for you. Please tell me what you see and how you would fix it. Uh, often I had uh, employees say, really? You, you want to know what I think? I said, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to put you on the hot seat a little bit. Please tell me what you would do if you had my responsibility here. By doing that, I built trust, I built buy-in, and when I did come back and say, okay, here's what I'm thinking about doing, what do you think? Uh, I got support for it. Uh, now that may sound like, uh, well, gee, you're, you're sure a, a softy in terms of how you're, you're approaching them. Uh, no, uh, these, are, in my opinion, are hard skills that allow you to succeed. We're far better off if we can build trust and buy-in and that goes for CEOs as readily as it does for me as a CEO coach. No, I agree. And like, I remember distinctly going to um, one of the owners of a business that I worked for a number of years ago. And I don't even remember what it was. And I don't even remember the outcome. It was just, I, I went to him and I said, I, I really think we should be doing X. And he was like, you know what? I, okay, I hear you. I think it's a really good idea. I need to talk to my business partner. And you know what, we're going to get, we'll get you, give me a couple of days. We'll get you an answer, yay or nay in, in a couple of days. And, and I don't remember what the, what I asked or, or what the thing was, but what I remember about that is it, it almost didn't matter at that point, like whether you got a no, because you would have an explanation why you got the no. Right. And I think in a lot of cases, that's all people want is to understand why they're told, yes, we can do this or no, we can't do this because of X, Y and Z. Right. And that really always resonated with me. And I still have 
huge respect and I've kept in touch with that person and I haven't worked for him in probably 15 plus years, right? Like it's stuff like that, that I think employees really remember. I agree with you. And, and what he did for you, I believe is validated you in the sense that not necessarily you had the, the idea that was going to solve a problem, but that you cared enough to bring an idea and he cared enough to, to give you that sense of validation that, hey, um, I appreciate that. Let me run it up the ladder. Let's see what we might do with it and I'll get your answer. Uh, too often employees are, are treated as if uh, just, just stay in your lane, don't, don't do anything else and uh, I make the decisions. Uh, I wish it wasn't that way. Uh, that, that is so old school that it, it shouldn't even have been in the old school, it, it's wrong. But I guess human nature sometimes uh, causes us to, to do those things. Uh, sometimes that's a function of the big ego of the guy in charge. Sometimes I think it's just not understanding that, hey, if you validate others, they will continually bring things to your attention, help you solve problems. Uh, you get more out of them. No, I 100% I agree with you. But sadly, we're out of time. So how about we close with mentioning where people can get more information about you, CEO Builder, and any other links you want to mention? Sure. Well, uh, you can go to our website. That is www.ceobuilder, all one word, dot com. Um, that'll give you more information about us. Um, I don't mind if your listeners reach out to me directly, rich at ceobuilder.com. We also have a YouTube CEO Builder channel where uh, if you'd like to learn more about some of my business philosophies and so forth, uh, we have, uh, we just started that a year ago, August, but we probably have 80 to 85 uh, videos on there. They're all short, six to 10 minutes, and uh, give you the opportunity to learn more about us too. We're not a hard sell organization, but we love meeting new people. And uh, uh, if you find some interest in what you and I talked about today, or uh, take a look at the, the YouTube channel or our website and would like to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you. And, uh, we always are open-minded to comments that are contrary to what we believe. Uh, that's how we learn as well. So we would invite that also. Perfect, Rich. Well, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to be on the show. And I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day. Thank you, Kevin. I sure appreciate the opportunity. Look forward to chatting with you more in the future. Me as well. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at buildingthefutureshow.com to join the free community, sign up for our newsletter, or to sponsor the show. The music is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future. <laughs>